Welcome to Executive Insights. I'm Dan Daly, the publisher, and we are returning with our discussion of two macroeconomic topics. Our previous discussion really dealt with the climate, what role corporate America plays, what role the government plays, and the fact that we have to act now in a sensible, reflective way that is relative to our responsibilities as fiduciaries, members of the board, and senior executives. So we're going to continue now with an even trickier subject, but one of my favorites in a negative way, and it's ESG. And I'm sure it's one of your favorites. So let's talk a little bit about ESG. Uh, I do not know really where ESG came from. Uh, I do not think it is a basis of congressional legislation, but it has taken on a life of, it, of its own, and that's a very powerful life, and frankly, one which is of concern to me and perhaps to you as members of the board or senior executives of a corporation. Let's start off with uh, backwards, really. Let's go with governments, okay? And the G can be governmental, governance, or various things. But let's, let's focus for a moment and let's say corporate governance, all right? And if we talk about corporate governance, that's how a board functions, uh, etc. And we've changed to uh, various ways of electing boards. Uh, we've now gone to the single proxy situation. Uh, all of this to make a board and a company more responsive to the shareholders. And basically, that's a good thing. All right. Now, in terms of the composition of the board, I'm not quite as happy. Uh, more women have come on the board. I think that is terrific. I think it's very valuable. And, will and that type of recruiting will assist the company in their decision-making. However, that being mandated by legislation, such as uh, the California laws that are being challenged in court, or some guidelines from the SEC, or some guidelines from NASDAQ, a listing agency, that unless you do certain things regarding the composition of your board, NASDAQ will not list you. I'm not sure quite how that will hold up in court. But those are all governance things. Some of them are very good and valuable. Broader participation and contribution at the board level is important. Bringing people on for the sake of just bringing people on is a recipe for disaster. People that come on the board should be qualified to contribute very early after their arrival. And this requires mentoring and training. So compromise on quality is not acceptable. Changing the board and making it broader and many more contributors, that's a positive thing. So that's governance. Let's go back to the left one more time and let's talk about society or societal. That's a, that's a very big situation. And that is to what extent is corporate America responsible for all the ills that exist in America and is it the solution to all of those? I think not. I think not. All right. Companies are made to produce in a capitalist system, all right, profit, employ people, and contribute to our society as a whole. Simply being a social exercise or research facility is not the role for a corporation. So I think we have to be very careful there in terms of society going over to the mandatory requirements of, of governmental. So companies can contribute, and they should contribute, 
to a better society. They employ people. They should be concerned about those employees, the welfare of those employees, who they hire, how do those employees grow, how do those employees get a better life. That's societal. But that is the responsibility of a company. Now, those companies are responsible to whom? They're responsible to their shareholders. And if the shareholders don't like what they are doing in the area of G or the area of societal, then the shareholders should make their positions and concerns known. It should not be some amorphous entity that is dealing with the S in societal in ESG. I feel very strongly about that. All right. And the third one we discussed in our previous session, and to me right now, that is the most important macro issue, and that has to do with environmental, and to me specifically, that is climate. So in our previous session, we discussed at length what was going on in climate, how much was cyclical, how much was man-made, who was doing about it, and we stressed the role of corporate leadership working with government together to start working on solving the climate problem, which is very real, and start working on that today. It's not a simplistic one. So we have ESG, environmental, society, governmental, and those are all important things. However, I recently read from several law firms that walked through all of the reporting that is related to ESG. It was incredible. Thousands of dollars and multiple employees would have to be spent gathering the data in all of these categories to report to various compliant agencies. It's incredible. It's incredible. That's not what companies are there for. I mean, sometimes it's reductio ad absurdum whereby ESG mandates or someone mandates that you keep track of the carbon footprint and the emissions of all of your vendors. Well, some companies have 2,000 vendors or more. How can you possibly keep track of what they're doing in the environmental area? So ESG has taken a, on a life of its own, which I don't think is based on any legislation. But now it has become a quasi-legal entity when it's really not even an entity. ISS has taken on, again, a, a legal enforcement thing whereby they're telling all the people who are their clients pay for clients, how they should vote regarding ESG. Another thing which is irritating to me, some of your major institutional money managers are taking very proactive roles, telling companies what they should do in the area of ESG. Well, those money managers are responsible to the people that invest in their various funds. I'm not sure that the money manager's role, all right, to is to decide how a company runs on a day-to-day -day basis. Should they echo the concerns of their shareholders? The answer is absolutely. The money managers should echo the concern of their shareholders, but they should not give and delegate to people within the fund management company to be Attila the Hun in terms of developing, reporting structures, and enforcing as if they were a legal entity qualified by Congress to enforce these things. That's wrong. Now, what should be done? I think business has got to say, all right, perhaps starting off behind closed doors, enough is enough on ESG. We cannot run our company, employ thousands of people, 
make a profit for our investors and focus solely on ESG. We have to run the company all right, in a very specific way. We cannot ignore ESG, but it's the cart before the horse. And I think companies have got to start to say, wait a second, how did this all come about? What is our reasonable response to ESG? We cannot devote extensive or unlimited resources to ESG and compliance. So what are we going to do? So I think the company has to start off and say, all right, fine, we can't ignore this, it's too far along. What do we do to try to get it under control? And you develop your policies regarding all of the E, S, and G, and you put them out and say, this is what we're going to do. We feel it's a professional fiduciary effort, and this is how we're going to report it. You can't spend all your time following the guidelines of ISS or the dictates of BlackRock and uh, State Street Global. Can't do it. It's not going to happen. So what I'm saying here is a company has to decide the level of pushback and where they're going to do that, but at the same time, they've got to be very transparent and telling individuals publicly, that can be the media, but also your stockholders, what you are doing with this important subject, ESG. But they are not a governing body. They're not a legal entity. They provide guidelines. So it's professional pushback, all right, to the various entities that are enforcing ESG as if they owned it. It's pushed back by the companies against those so we can get this thing back in some sort of order. Because if EFG, ESG gets out of control, it's going to be a disaster. And we're heading down that road, especially in light of all of the responsibilities that corporate America has today and all of the things that are now sitting out there from a global basis. Whoever thought that Ukraine or the threat from President Xi of China would be an economic factor like it is today? How can we worry about all of these things? So let's say ESG, yes, it has important. Has it gotten out of control? In my opinion, and that of a lot of others, it's gotten out of control and no one seems to have oversight. Everybody seems to have supported it, whether it's the SEC, whether it's the California legislator, whether it's State Street, whether it's BlackRock, there's got to be some pushback. So I'm saying to all of you, this is important. It can't be ignored. But you have to put it in the context whereby you are doing something that is fair, that's professional, that reflects a fiduciary responsibility, and it's good for your company. So don't have a lot of answers, have some suggestions, but I do think the time has come in this particular environment, which is incredibly demanding for corporate America in terms of unbelievable responsibilities, that they have to get ESG and all that is related to it back in focus. So thank you very much. Look forward to hearing comments from you, and I'm sure we'll have a few of them. So thank you very much for your attention uh, and your listening.